On episode 13 of the San Diego podcast, Justine Epstein, the owner of North Park's Verbatim Books, shares her love of Oingo Boingo and Tom Waits, raves about great local musician authors, and maybe, just maybe, gets converted into a Bruce Springsteen fan. All that and more is next. Hello and welcome to the San Diego podcast. I am your host, Dustin Lesbike, and joining me today via FaceTime is Justine, the owner of Verbatim Books. Thank you for being on the pod. Oh, thank you for having me. A little background on Justine for um, our listeners who may not be aware. Uh, she opened Verbatim Books on 30th Street in North Park in 2015 and since then has expanded the place by moving into the next door property as well. Uh, the store is now a go-to San Diego destination for local and tourist bookworms alike and frequently hosts live musical performances, which I've heard through the grapevine that you consider to be pretty integral to the community that you've kind of established over there. Is that correct? Well, I would say so. Um, we do, uh, you know, mostly, obviously we're a bookstore, but I do, we always play music in the store. That's always been something I felt is very important Uh you know, to have music when I read, I always have music. It's like they go hand in hand for me. And it, now that we have our performance space, um, it kind of fits, you know, to have also performance of music as well. Um, and we are very, you know, we are, we do try to kind of select it and not really be like a music venue per se, mm -hmm. but the types of events that we do are kind of like, almost in the same vein as our poetry and art and other reading events in that they don't necessarily have a lot of options or there aren't a lot of options for these types of um, performances in San Diego. So we're kind of looking to maybe kind of give them a home the same way that we do with our poetry and reading events. You mentioned playing music all the time in the, in the store. And, um, you know, I've been to a, a you know, I'm not, uh, you know, just to put this out there, I'm not like an avid reader. I should read more, <laughs> but I don't. And I think every year I have a resolution to read more books, right? <laughs> and um, the bookstores I've been to, for the for the most part, there is no music going on. You know, mm -hmm. they're not playing anything. And I and I've always felt kind of uncomfortable in them. You know, <laughs> yes. I'm like, God, yeah. am I like breathing too loud in here and stuff? You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like a library. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It can be tricky. Uh, we are, you know, I'm always very conscious of the music uh, in the store because I know, like, when the, there isn't any music, like, they say the, you know, there's been a few times when the internet went down or the speaker didn't work or something and we didn't have music just for a few hours or something. It was, it's creepy. It's really weird. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I think it must probably creep people out. It, it does. You know, and it, it makes it feel more like a library, which we're not. You can talk, you can make noise. It's right. uh, yeah. So it's just does give it a, a bit of a. It just makes it more comfortable. And not only that, I mean, it's become a thing where people come in. They're like, they'll come up to us. They're like, "What is this playing?" You know, they want to know about it. They want to check it out. So it's not just that they're there to check out the books. They maybe end up finding some new band or something that they like as well. And that's totally within the, the realm of what we're looking to do is uh yeah strange weird fact about me i don't know why this happened but um in i think it was sixth or seventh grade i think it was sixth <laughs> grade um 
I read the diary of Anne Frank uh, over mm-hmm. the summer in between, uh, you know, grades. And for some reason, <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, I had uh, a tape of uh, that band Bush, and they had just come out with 16 Stone, their first record. And there was a song on that record called Glycerin. And it was like this like kind of slower, it was like the only kind of ballad-ish kind of song on the record. And I don't know why, but I made like, I, I dubbed an entire tape of just this song over and over on repeat. And I listened to that tape of Glycerin for the entire time I read the diary of Anne Frank. And I don't know why it's like the weirdest thing to me. Like whenever I think of either of those two things, the diary of Anne Frank or Bush or Glycerin, that's, that's all I think of. And it's a strange association, you know? Yeah, no, that's interesting, but it's powerful. And like, it really, you know, it, I like, I just read that book perfume Mm. by Patrick Seskin, which was like fantastic. I loved it. And it's about, you know, basically it kind of talks about the sense of smell, like how important it is. And I don't know and how people don't think about it so much. And you can make those kind of connections. And I don't, and I think we also kind of don't think about oral connections as well. Like when you're listening to something and you're doing something and you kind of, it could, I mean, listening to that song again in 10 years might remind you exactly what you were doing at that time. Oh yeah. And it's just so crazy. And so, yeah, when you read and, I don't know, like that association, reading and music, I don't know. I guess it could really, maybe just like kind of activates the same part of your brain. So you're really like retaining more or something. I'm not a scientist, but it seems like that. That's something like that. Neither am I. And you know what, what we're talking about here, this is, this is, this should go down as fact. Uh, You know, uh, take it seriously. We know what we're talking about. We're professionals. Uh, Yeah, we're pros. Um, is there on the playlist that you have in the, in the, in the store, um, is there a couple of artists that you have found yourself adding more and more tracks by, are you into, um, a couple in particular? Well, I mean, there's quite a lot on that list and that list of course is really not meant to be reflective of my personal taste necessarily, which mm. I think why is kind of fun. It's like, I see it as a little bit of a challenge because it's not like, Oh, I like the song goes on the playlist. It's right. like, Oh, is this song like compatible with the Mm. store um but i guess like it always goes through kind of phases and if you listen to it chronologically from like the date i've added it you'll probably see a little bit of my own pattern of listening for for sure yeah that's why i recommend shuffling it because otherwise it's like i don't know but uh i guess lately i've probably been adding a lot of kind of like more like world music i like trying to do a little bit more of music that you know kind of has like a good beat but maybe the words are not in English so that it's not you can kind of get a little more like uh, upbeat without being so distracting Interesting. Uh, so I think that's kind of fun there's a lot of we were listening to a lot of like kind of Ethiopian pop from like the the 70s and 80s and like kind of yeah, like sort of that type of thing. Like a lot of it really just sounds like talking heads to a lot of people because that's, you know, kind of what I think David Byrne was into at the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's just fun and it's really lively. You know, I don't like to put anything too sleepy because yeah. then it's, you know, we could just put like, I don't know, just ambient stuff. and, and You're, you're not going to be putting then, gl- glycerin on repeat. On yeah, well, <laughs> although maybe that would be a fun experiment. <laughs> We could try it. <laughs> all all of a sudden, you sold like eight copies of the Diary of Anne Frank for some reason. Wouldn't that be like a weird, like social experiment to see, like a, 
you know, maybe uh, if you're listening listening to <laughs> glycerin, or maybe Bush in general, and then all of a sudden, I have a hankering to listen to read the Diary of Anne Frank for some reason. That would be odd, That'd and be very uh, I would love to see if that works. I'll try it as soon as we open back up. I'm going to do it. Oh man, you know, I do a a, a short segment on this podcast where. Um, you know, it's called the first four. And I ask you four questions about maybe the first things uh, in your life. Um, so let's do that now. What was the first band or artist that you ever really loved or obsessed over? <laughs> oh, it was gotta be Oingo Boingo. Oh, I had really? a big Oingo Boingo thing. It was crazy. Yeah. Many wow. years when I was starting around maybe like 12 or 13. What drew you to Oingo Boingo? Well, I really thought it was fun. I think I think Danny Elfman is a really interesting, smart person. Uh, a lot of it, too, was like, around the time, I mean, there wasn't much, like, the availability of music was very different. This yeah. is like 19, you know, 1998, 1999. Back and, in the day. Back uh, in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, and I guess, like, I start. I remember I had, like, Napster. Um, and we started to be able to download music and you could download anything you wanted. Oh, yeah. And it was like crazy, although it took forever. But so, yeah, hopefully the, <laughs> yeah, I'm just hoping the feds aren't listening. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you know, I was still a pretty dumb kid and I didn't have any older brothers or sisters. So I didn't, I don't know where I picked up Oingo Boingo, but I just ended up downloading all that stuff mm. and I just got really, I just listened to it a lot. And uh, I didn't really like like other '80s pop so much, but that was really something. Huh? That's strange. That right? just just like oh, and I loved that they might be giants. That's why I'm very excited to see them later this year. Okay, um, for the first time. <laughs> I think you and I definitely had uh, much different tastes when when we were younger. And I because mm-hmm. I remember when when I got on Napster, probably the the artist that I downloaded the most was. Um, Elliot Smith. Now that I think about oh, it, yeah. Well, that's a good. Sh- that's much better. I feel. Like, <laughs> I feel embarrassed now that I admitted this publicly. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's good. I mean, Oingo Boingo. That, that's a classic man. They've got classic. But movies. not just like the, the classic stuff. Like what my favorite album by them was the their last album, which is probably the album nobody really liked that much. <laughs> but I thought it was great. I just liked how spooky and weird it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I just liked things that were surprising or interesting. Hmm. I didn't like, if I had already heard something, if I felt like I had already heard something like that, I wouldn't, it wouldn't interest me as much. Like if you had heard it on the radio or something, like you'd be like, eh. Uh. Uh, no, I don't know. That's interesting. Cause I definitely listened to the radio a lot. Okay. It wasn't that so much, but I was so intrigued by like this, like, you, Oh, you can have like a saxophone like, just <laughs> anywhere. Like, wow. I don't know. It's just like crazy stuff. Like yeah. that would be fun. Interesting. So, all right. Well, um, maybe the answer is the same to this, but what was the <laughs> first album that you ever bought yourself? Oh, <laughs> that's that was actually Melancholy and the Infinite Side. Oh, now you're yeah. speaking my language. Yeah, that's a great album. Everybody oh. should have bought that album when they. I was just at the right age. It was like perfect. Yes, it, it was such. It was really a good. I love. I will listen to the album anytime. Yeah, like it's it's great. I listen to that um, uh, months. Just that, yeah. just that album. I totally. remember my my mom would just give me a, the hardest time about it. She's <laughs> like, "You can listen to other music, you know." And I'm just yeah. like, "This is like I, you <laughs> I don't know, want him, mom. yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I want to listen to this record." If there was something about it that at that age, oh, it was just amazing. And 
I thought that every band that hadn't put out like a double album like that was just lazy <laughs> and stupid. <laughs> Slackers. Um, but yeah, yeah, I felt so cool when I got that album and I listened to it. It just like really, I was like, wow, I'm an adult now. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm so, this is so good. Like, this is what a, being an adult is like <laughs> to have good things like this. I don't know. It was so good. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. It Something is good. It's such it. a great record. Um, I think almost kind of underrated in a weird way. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows about it, but at the same time, I feel like it doesn't get quite the amount of love that maybe it should. Yeah. Um, Agreed. <laughs> so what was the first concert that you ever went to that you wanted to go to? <laughs> oh, uh, that's interesting. I guess concert. I mean, like I, I've had, I've thought about this question for Technically, I guess it would be the Moody Blues, which Ooh. my mom my mom took me to. They played in like a park and like PD wow. when I was like when I was like eight. So I don't know if that counts. Though, I'm a I big like, Moody yeah. Blues fan. Um, yeah. I, I grew up listening <laughs> to neat. Moody Blues. Yeah, like I. <laughs> yeah, they, my mom was a, was very into them. Like, and my and, mom too. <laughs> and none of my <laughs> friends sorry. none of my friends knew who they were at all. I always <laughs> listened to them just with my mom or by myself or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, like she, I mean, man, I I would listen to like eighties moody blues, you know, like when, (laughs) like when they got into like, you know, kind of synthy pop kind of stuff, you know, new wave kind of stuff. And, uh, definitely the lesser known, yeah, the lesser known moody blues. Um, but that's very interesting. I still haven't seen them in, in concert and, uh. I would like to see uh, Moody Blues or Justin Hayward or, you know, so, yeah. one of the members of Moody Blues at some point mm-hmm. in my life. Hope uh, I wish you, I hope that happens for yeah, you. Yeah, it's, I've, it's a treat. I've only got yeah. a little, little bit of time. <laughs> how, <laughs> how uh, did you, did you enjoy the performance? Do you remember the the concert at all? I, I would like to think I do. I feel like I do. I don't know if that's like some composite memory, but I feel like, or maybe like my mom just told me about it and I just remember <laughs> like I tried, you know, but I, I remember it was in a park. It was like a free concert yeah. and the people like old hippies just hanging out and like, <laughs> we're just like, I think I danced. I don't know. Like oh. it was, I def- I remember some of the, I don't know. Like, it's hard to know what I really remember, but I do remember having a good time. And uh, that's all that matters. Everybody was very old to me. I, that. But I don't think there was any other kids, really. <laughs> so. That's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, you, you, you're, you're one up on me. I've not seen the movie Blue, so that's very cool. Uh, my last first four question What is the first song that you would do at karaoke? Oh my god, that's impossible because I am so bad at karaoke. I like can't. Everybody's I'm, bad at karaoke. No, like a- <laughs> I'm so so terrible. Like I couldn't even say because I'm just the worst singer. Like it's it's not good. Um, every time I've done karaoke, like the room just is like sad. Oh, <laughs> like, it's, like no. people are like, oh, this is so not good. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Even when it's like my friends in a private room, it's not even. That. That good. I just like watching karaoke. Oh. But if I had to pick, yes, I would you have probably to pick. pick okay, fine. I'd pick Sweet Caroline because at least then everybody would sing along. Oh yeah, me. okay, right? okay. Well, that's that's a good, perfect. That's, yeah, that's what I would pick. Yeah, yeah. you get like a, a group a group vocal song. You know, yeah. and uh, I made the mistake one time of. Um, Man, this was just a huge case of not reading the room. I was in one of those, uh, um, like, uh, individual rooms at a karaoke mm-hmm. place and uh, where, like, you and your friends go or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I'd never really been, I'd never done karaoke in a room like that before. So I was in this room and uh, first I was, I was with a bunch of friends. Uh, okay. I take that back. I was with like one or two friends and they brought all of their friends along and mm-hmm. they were all like super into anime and um, like Japanese uh, <laughs> cartoons and stuff like that. And I am, I'm not really a huge anime guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen a couple of series, uh, but I'm not a huge anime guy. However, um, every one of their song selections was like a theme song from an anime show and they sang it in Japanese. Like I was like, what is happening right now? And I, I had no clue what I was like, what I was getting myself into. Right. Mm -hmm. And so finally it gets to me because I I didn't want to go because I'm like, I can't, (laughs) I can't compete with these people. Right. (laughs) And so like, I didn't want to go. And so finally, uh, they hand me the mic and, like an idiot, I put on Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. And oh my <laughs> gosh, like these, they could not have been more horrified. I don't think any of them ever heard the song. Like I was like, okay, wow. how do you know like every anime theme song, but you don't know Bruce Springsteen? Like this is, I was so confused. I, was, I didn't know, understand what was happening. And man, I belted it out like so good. I thought I was just <laughs> like ruling. And I, I'd look out and I would just see this sea of like just expressionless faces and it was just oh man yeah it was very intimidating and i was like okay not doing this again this is awful but um (laughs) but anyway i've uh now i i i'm i'm trying to get better at kind of understanding my audience (laughs) i think that's the key to karaoke is like and i think that's why i've failed at it so many times it's like i'll pick a song i like yeah and often that's not a like nobody else knows it or something. And so like I'm singing and they're like, what? I can't sing along. I can't laugh when you do, when you mess up. Cause nobody knows it. So if they don't, you know, you do have to read the room Yeah, and uh, that's, yeah, it's, so it's a skill to pick a good carry. For, sure. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Bonus question. What's a band that you hate that everyone else loves? Huh? That's tricky. I guess. It's funny because maybe you primed me for this, but I would probably actually have to say Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I don't, oh I don't really hate God. him, honestly. I don't really hate him. I'm not going to say hate because that's really strong. I can respect him, but I'll, like, he's so cheesy to me. And I've listened to Nebraska, okay. But it's just not, it's not, it's, it's like he takes himself so seriously. Yeah. And it should be, like, fun. He, like he's like on the level of like Bon Jovi to yeah. me, so I don't know why he's like. And his latest stuff too, like it's just it's not bad. Yeah, like it's it's interesting. I'm like, oh, you can do country, cool. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I just I don't. It's like I don't know. I don't. I think I don't get it. Maybe I never <laughs> listened to it when I was growing up. I don't know what it is. I wanted to ask you, do you have any favorite local authors? Because mm-hmm. you know, um, I. I'm not, you know, very versed in the literary world of San Diego. However, mm-hmm. my favorite local author is Ben Johnson. Um, ah. He's uh, uh, released a couple of books. I, I say, I always do this, released a couple <laughs> of books. I always think about mu- in terms of music, right? You know, like released mm-hmm. an album or whatever. Published <laughs> a couple of books. Yeah. Um, no, released works. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> he I like, dropped, he like dropped a couple books. He dropped them. Yeah. <laughs> He's about to drop his third. Yeah. Oh, is he? I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, it's good. Ben Johnson's great. We've worked with him uh, for actually almost since when we first opened. I had like a little signing for his second book of and he has a trilogy. Mm, um, and so right, the third yeah. book in the trilogy should be coming out this year. And I'm really looking forward to hosting him again. And actually, one of the things we have done in the past 
and we were planning to do for him is like, since he's a musician himself and also so integral in like the music scene to have music accompany him yeah. at, at his, and we've been kind of doing that more and more with the book readings. Cause just to make it a little more fun, more dynamic and is like, have like the readers read and then maybe like have a band or like backup music or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can, we have the, you know, yeah, so I think yeah. we were like really looking forward to that. I would say Ben Johnson is de- definitely one of the nicest, coolest people I've ever met. Oh, for sure. And yeah, yeah. definitely one of my favorite local authors for sure. He, uh, so, for, for our, our listeners that may not be aware of uh, who Ben mm-hmm. Johnson is, he works at the Casbah. I believe he's also a part owner of the Casbah now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, he, uh, the books that I have by him are, um, a shadow cast in dust and blood silver, yes. and they are available to purchase, uh, wherever you can, get books amazon <laughs> I, you can get them at verbatim i believe I, yeah you know i don't <laughs> i can't believe i said amazon right there I, oh my you can't you, i'm surprised you didn't hang no, out <laughs> i don't know I, I just want people to get them i don't really care so much about where but yeah that's is true we have them we don't nobody has the third one yet though we'll probably have that earlier so oh very cool okay but I, exclusive. You know, it's a little, uh, yes exclusive yes. one week in advance i like I'm not that. sure if that's very true cool. <laughs> but yeah he's great also i was gonna you know drew andrews as well oh, uh we've yeah. had a book party for him and uh again like you know there's a lot of overlap between the local author and local music scene yeah. um a lot of not a lot but like there's a good amount of people who are you know local authors who are also musicians and so i think that's really interesting i don't know if that's the case uh in other cities <laughs> yeah. i don't know maybe san diego is like special uh, you know, that is, that is such a, a strange dynamic that I've never really thought mm-hmm. of. But I, I mean, I guess it just goes hand in hand, you know, art and art, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have a creative mind, you know, you're, you know, if you, if you kind of step aside from music for a moment, you know, then maybe, maybe you're like, hey, I have a voice and maybe I should use this to write something down, you know, and yeah. um, that's very cool. Uh, Drew Andrews. Um you know, wishing him the best. I heard he had, he got uh, COVID-19 and yeah, that man, that's rough. And, um, but from what I hear, he's, uh, he's doing okay. And, yeah. um, gosh, yeah. Just wishing the best. I say, let's, um, let's do what Drew would want. Let's play a mm-hmm. trivia game. I, I think he would like that very okay. much. I think he will when he inevitably listens. To he this. will definitely listen to this. Um, I know he will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. We are going to play a or B-side. All right. For A or B-side, I will give you three questions, and each one will have two possible answers. Each week, I come up with these questions with a particular theme in mind, and since you've probably read more books than anyone else I've ever met this week's (laughs) is about famous musicians turned authors. Are you ready to play? I am. Okay. Question one. Kim Gordon's 2015 memoir, Girl in a Band, is a must-read for any music fan, especially anyone who loves Sonic Youth. It's a great look at her career, her art, underground culture, and music in general. Uh, In the book, uh, she wrote about how in one of her high school classes... She choreographed a modern dance to the music of a particular avant-garde rock and roll star who coincidentally spent some time growing up right here in San Diego. (laughs) Was 
that rock and roll person? Was it A, Jim Morrison, or B, Frank Zappa? Uh, Frank Zappa. You were correct. It was yeah. Frank Zappa. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the, the question was uh, a little tricky because Morrison also lived in San Diego for a little while. Did he really? Yeah, I he didn't did. know that. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, didn't know that. In the book, uh, Kim wrote that the particular class in question that she was in was led by a, a gym teacher who basically let her do whatever she wanted. So <laughs> she put together a modern dance to Zappa's uh, uh, song titled Dog Breath in the Year of the Plague. <laughs> And um, uh, she, I don't know if it was a hit or not, but she said she had fun. And uh, apparently, according to her, uh, it it involved uh, a lot of toilet paper and stuff like that. So, Well, I hope she got an A. She sounds like she deserved it. Yeah. That's uh, so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nobody cooler than Kim Gordon. So um, Mm -hmm. very cool. Uh, All right. So you're one for one. You got that one right. I knew you would. Uh, (laughs) Question number two. Patti Smith, the punk poet laureate is a legend among musician authors and maybe authors in general. Uh, Her memoir, Just Kids, won the National Book Award in 2010. And throughout her career, she's authored more than 20 books of poetry, fiction, nonfiction, lyrics, all sorts of stuff. She typically writes on her own, but her biggest musical hit, Because the Night, was co-written with another famous rock star. Was it A, Stevie Nicks, or B, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I guess I'm gonna have to say Bruce Springsteen. Oh my God, you're right again. Oh, wow. It is the even boss. Even though I don't even know anything about you, him. you don't even like Bruce Springsteen, no. and you still got I, it right. Wow. I feel like I just saw a picture of them hanging out or something. That was a lucky guess. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. So according to the history books, um, uh, here's a little Bruce Springsteen uh, tidbit oh, for you. <laughs> since gonna, since I know gonna, you love him so much. Uh, Bruce okay. had uh, recorded the music for the song mm-hmm. while he was working on Darkness on the Edge of Town, uh, but he couldn't come up with any lyrics. His engineer at the time, uh, Jimmy Iovine, uh, who became like, you know, this huge dude in the record industry, you know, um, uh, Interscope Records and all that. Anyway, that was later. He was also producing Patty's album at the time, and he told Bruce, hey, I desperately want her to have a hit. So <laughs> Bruce gave her the song, and then she wrote the lyrics and recorded the vocals and did all that. And boom, it became Patty's highest charting song. So thanks, Bruce. How about that? Wow, yeah. I guess I like Bruce a lot better than I thought. <laughs> so I'm learning something today. This is good. <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly converting you into a Springsteen fan. That's, that's oh, wow. our whole goal here. <laughs> is that the secret underlying purpose of this podcast? Is, this podcast is called the, the Bruce Springsteen podcast. <laughs> you Bruce didn't know? Baby. Yeah, and now I understand Trick why you. it's called that. Okay, I got it. <laughs> All right, number three. In 2015, Slater Kinney's Carrie Brownstein published her own memoir titled Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. The fact that the book is so good shouldn't surprise anyone. She's actually written in the past for Slate, NPR Music, and a magazine called The Believer, where one of her articles was an interview with a musical household name who also, believe it or not, has San Diego ties. Was it A, Eddie Vedder, or B, Tom Waits. Well, Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, but it is Eddie Vedder. No, oh, I was going to say Eddie Vedder, but then you said Tom Waits. That was a trick question. I'm like, well, is it 
San Diego. Wow. Eddie Vedder. I actually uh, heard that Eddie Vedder. Like, did he like live here for? He did. He did. Yeah. He his his first uh, his first couple (laughs) bands were were San Diego bands. That's crazy. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, you definitely. That was that was tricky. That was very tricky. I'll give you that. It was tricky. I got tricked. I like that they're San Diego centric. Though it is, I'm yeah. Learning. I tried to, I tried oh. to make them a little San Diego centric. Cool. <laughs> um, you know what? I, uh, I would love to see Carrie interview Tom Waits, though. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. that would be. I was like, wow, I'm surprised I hadn't read that. That sounds so strange. I like the Believer. I, I would like to go back and find her interviewing Eddie Vedder. Yeah, when wow. I, yeah, when I was, th- when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, that kind of makes sense because, like. You know, she's from Washington and obviously they're, they're you mm-hmm. know, known for being a Seattle man and all that kind of Pearl Jam and all that. Um, so I thought, oh, maybe they, you know, maybe there's buds because they're in the scene together for so long, you know, doing that mm-hmm. whole thing. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, then I started thinking about Carrie interviewing Tom Waits and I was like, man, that probably would have <laughs> been cooler. But <laughs> right. Tom Waits always makes everything cooler. Though. Absolutely. So. Yeah. You know what else makes everything cooler? Our San Diego set list. And it's coming up next. Beat the lockdown fatigue with a virtual show. And there's plenty to go around in this week's San Diego set list. Kick off your Saturday activities with Lagwagon frontman Joey Cape on stageit.com at 2 p.m. On Monday, join John Bon Jovi, Dolly Parton, and other special guests For the charity benefit, A Night of Covenant House Stars at 5 p.m. on Amazon Prime. At the same time, the following evening, the charity foundation Safe Place for Youth is hosting a benefit with Aloe Black, Group Love, Young the Giant, and many more. RSVP at their Eventbrite page for access to their live stream. On Thursday, Seaport Sessions sounds off from 6 to 8 p.m. with host Tim Piles, our buddy, and local favorites The Donkeys and Paul Jenkins. Both the Seaport Sessions and the Seaport Village Facebook pages will be live streaming the show, so tune in. And right after that wraps up, catch this year's Red Nose Day special fundraiser on NBC at 9 p.m. with One Republic, Sam Smith, Gwen Stefani, and much, much more. Well, Justine, thank you so much for being on the pod. I had a great time. Oh, yeah. It was so fun. Thank you so much, Dustin. (laughs) Be sure to visit verbatim-books.com for the time being to see what events are planned for the future. And as soon as everything starts opening safely, head to the store at 3793 30th Street. Get a few books for the people in your life and be sure to strike up a conversation with Justine about Bruce Springsteen. She'll love that. For extra notes on all the stuff we talked about on this show, check out SanDiego.com. And if you'd like to add some visual stimulation to your life, do not miss this week's episode of San Diego TV, which airs Saturday night at 1.30 a.m. on NBC7. As always, our local spotlight artist will play us out, and this week we're treating you to the desert folk sounds of Jungle Kook by one of me and Justine's favorite San Diego singer-songwriters, John Meeks. Until you can go see him play live again, please support John in these hard times by visiting his Bandcamp page and buying his music if you can. Thank you for listening. I am your San Diego podcast host, Dustin Lutzbike. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the music. <laughs>